droid assistance, please. What is he? No, this is crazy. Hang on to this one for me. I want to check the shelter. He said hang No, no, no. No. No, you misunderstand. No, he... He meant watch. Hang. No, no, he means watch. Frequency 1138 is all clear and clanker free. This is Clone Army Radio. Execute Order 66. Good soldiers follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders. Begun. The Clone War has. I found them. Repeat. I found them. That's actually something I wanted to ask you was if if this was making you want to watch Rogue One because I know you weren't big on that movie. Yeah. No, um, it is like it's my biggest like Star Wars sin. But I'll openly confess too that I didn't enjoy Rogue One. I didn't go and see it at the cinema. I wasn't that kind of interested in Jin as a character, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm watching Andor, especially this latest episode, and just sat there going, I think I want to rewatch it. I want to remind myself of what's going to happen and where this series is leading to. So I think it's a it's it's some of the best Star Wars I've seen in a long time. And that's not to like some prequels or The Mandalorian or anything like that. Just this feels I don't know. It feels like a step up. Something's mm. different with this. Um, I don't know if I told you that I totally disliked Rogue One when I went to see it in the theater. Um, <sighs> the only thing I liked was the Vader part. Well, yeah, same. <laughs> the rest of the movie, I, the whole time I'm like, this sucks. The characters suck. All the, like, I just, I was so not into it. And then Vader shows up and I'm like, oh crap. Okay. <laughs> you know, but mm -hmm. suddenly, oh, this is a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. But like now it's one of my favorites. I love it. It's, I still think it's hard to really get connected to any of the characters because they all die. So, and that's kind of, I guess, I guess screw the intro because I feel like I'm going to segue right into episode six. And it was something that Leto said. By the way, Leto's not here. What's up, Leto? We miss you. <laughs> he was saying something about how, like, the you can't really give a crap about, like, these characters in Andor because we know they're all going to die. Mm -hmm. And then episode six rolls in and what well, we lost uh, was it Gorn, the mm -hmm. Imperial, Terramin. Nemec, and and my favorite character of all time, Skeen. Not really, I don't like him at all. But <laughs> his his name is about like which which name do you think is worse, Skeen or Sheev? See, I can get behind Sheev because Sheev is like Shiv, like a blade. So I'm I'm I can I can work with that. It's got a bit of but Skeen sounds like some kind of venereal disease. Um, <laughs> totally. It's not the nicest name, is it? <laughs> I really do feel like they're uh, rinsing the bottom of the barrel for Star Wars names these days. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the expanded universe really did it to the did it to the writers in terms of here are all the names you can't use. Think up some new ones. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Steam. Really good point. <laughs> but yeah, so like they all died, and I'm just like, it didn't really do anything for me. Even Nemec, who was like this nice little kid, basically, and and he bit it, and I was just like, okay, I saw that coming. I think we even said it 
on our last episode. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, we I I assumed he was going to be the first to die. He wasn't. That was Gorn. I do believe he was shot whilst trying to a really odd move across the open battlefield while there's like four gunmen above you. Oh right, no or, cover straight wait, out there. That Gorn or Terramin? Is that Terramin? Might have been. I I get there's a when, lot of names. Was it when he was running towards Vel? Yes. Yeah, I think that was Terramin because he tells he tells Skeen to cover him, and Skeen just like he takes one shot, and then he's like, "I'll just kind of hang back and let him die." And I was like, "Yeah, I saw that coming." Not like patting myself on the back saw it coming, but I just knew <laughs> that I knew Skeen was a dirty bastard, so that played out pretty well there. Oh, I guess you know something that I forgot to. Uh, I always forget that maybe we have people like that have never listened to us tuning in. So, oh yeah. <laughs> so like, sorry everyone. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're still new at this at episode ninety three, right? I'm John. Charlie is over there in the Hello. UK. Hi. <laughs> and uh, we usually have Lido, but Lido is off. So there are three of us. We are Clone Army Radio, and as you could tell, we're here to talk about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Andor. Specifically, yeah, Charlie's really into Andor at the moment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of glad, honestly, that like you're really into it because I'm like, like you're. I don't know if you can see my hands. Like you're here, and I'm like maybe like here with it. Like I don't. Come on, Johnny, pick it up because it's good. Like my dude is really good. It's so good. That's the thing is, I think it's good. The acting is superb. Something I wanted to actually bring up. The production level is so high, right? Why didn't they put some of that money into their legacy characters like the Boba Fett show or the Obi-Wan show? Not that those were bad. I mean, I have my issues with Book of Boba Fett and even with Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan, but they were both decent. But you could tell that they spent more money on Andor, I think, on a guy that... 100%. A character that came from a film that you were just like, this this isn't my thing, you know? Yeah, I think... um... Mostly because I think Andor has the longest confirmed runtime. Like, I think it's a good couple of seasons and because they're really spreading the story out and really kind of fleshing out. It's so gross. That section of the timeline, um, I think they've been sort of, and it's also, it's it's daddy Disney money, isn't it? So they've got as much as they can possibly want to spend. So I'm guessing it was get Obi-Wan and Boba Fett out of the way, get everyone's mouths watering again for Star Wars and mm. then give them the big stuff. Yeah, that's I could I could get behind that. That makes sense. Speaking of legacy characters, Palpatine was name dropped hard. I know we're on talking about episode six, but in episode seven, he was name dropped hard, and I got so excited. That's my granddad. Right, he is. That is true. Yeah, for those of you out there that are listening that don't know, Charlie is one of the best Ray cosplayers in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my god, in the world. Yeah. Thank well, you. I mean, I'm in the US, you're in the UK. That's basically the world anyways, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, thank you very, very much. I am I am a mega Ray Skywalker fan. Um we love Ray in this house. We're we're Ray stands. Um but yeah, granddad, there he is. Did you notice who the guy was that name dropped Palpatine? Okay, so in um, I know we're totally, by the way, spoiler alerts for episode six and seven. I think we're just going to be kind of bouncing all over the place, it seems, which is cool. I don't, we don't always need structure, right? I thought um, you said you liked structure. Don't let me do this to you. Don't let me like you're, go you're off totally on. totally derailing my structure. <laughs> <laughs> we can rewind it back if you would prefer. 
No, no, because this is, I mean, this is relevant now. You brought up Palpatine. So his name is Wolf Ularin. He was in the Clone Wars. Was he Admiral? I think he was Admiral Ularin on Anakin's uh, flagship. So he's worked with Anakin Skywalker forever. Um, He was also in Rebels, which I still say you got to watch. Okay. He at that point he was so he went from like an admiral in the republic to I believe he was still I don't know if he like just transitioned to admiral in the empire but then he went to work for the ISB and you see him in rebels working with spoiler alert for anyone including you Charlie that hasn't seen rebels he works side by side with grand admiral thrawn in a few episodes yeah and and I have, I'd have to go back. I don't think he had a name at that point, but he was in A New Hope as well. Oh. He was like one of the guys, one of the Imperials of the round table. Yeah. Wow. That one I didn't know. The other stuff I knew just by paying attention <laughs> with with the uh, with the subtitles on it. I'm like, who the hell is Yularen? That sounds so familiar. And then I'm like, oh, he was in Clone Wars. And then I got on the Google and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Wikipedia page. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. They just basically wow. like threaded a needle from, you know, A New Hope to Rebels to the Clone Wars to Andor. It does feel like an awful lot of time is being put into tying these pieces together. And that makes me, as a viewer, extremely happy. Absolutely. I love when they, they put it all together. Do you think when he name dropped Palpatine, <laughs> do you think he was just saying that to be like, oh, I just talked to Palpatine? Do you think he really spoke with him the night before? <laughs> No. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if that was a bit of like a bit of peacocking, a bit of I'm asserting myself in this room. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think it might have been his superior and then his superior superior and so on and so on met with Palpatine. Or he made up the whole thing. (laughs) Or he made up the whole thing. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. true. So you said you made a bunch of notes about episode six. So I don't want to like skip through that. Uh, (laughs) I want to ask a question before you get to some of your mm-hmm. notes about it. Did this heist episode, did it deliver? Like, did it make this like three episode arc? If you want to call it that, did it feel like it delivered? It did what it was set out to do and it felt good when you were done watching it. I think so. Okay. I was, I was on the edge of my seat. Like, obviously there was the bit of the build up at the start of the episode before they actually arrive, get in position and start. But I was under the assumption that something would go wrong really quickly. So the fact that it kept sort of going right and they kept like just missing the guards and just passing through and all of these kind of close to the line meant that by the time the actual high started, I was on the edge of my seat, biting my fingernails, stressed for them. Um, one huge part of this show that I think is really, really special. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with Alfred Hitchcock's movies. Ish. Ish. Um, yeah. For anyone who's not aware, um, probably I why I don't know why you wouldn't be. Um, in- incredible filmmaker. Um, made Psycho. Right. Made The Birds. Um, a pioneer of horror cinema early horror cinema and there's a specific technique that he uses in a lot of his films where we as the audience are afforded more information about what's happening than the characters on the screen and simply that device creates tension in itself Mm. and that's what Andor as a whole show is doing because we know everybody dies 
we know, yes, they succeed, but it's a huge sacrifice for the sake of it. And that everything they do has this layer of tension behind it that makes it such a compelling watch, in my opinion. Right on. It's, oh, beautiful. I think it was maybe over a little quickly. Yeah. I wanted a bit. I wanted a bit more like fight and fire, but I also recognize it's more about, it's not just about the success of the heist, it's the statement of it. Mm-hmm. And if they get in and get out quickly, less chance people will die, even though, you know, everyone nearly died. Vel, that's not very good team <laughs> leadership from you, madam. I, yeah. I'd like to put a complaint in. Um, <laughs> one of your lot is a Judas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a thought too, because we, I mean, we already talked about Terraman and Skeen. Um, do you think Skeen stopped like covering Terraman because he knows he's an ex stormtrooper and he's like, Oh, you know, I, I should probably let this guy get wiped out. Cause he could be trouble after the, at the end of the heist. He would, uh, it know. seems like he would give him the most trouble being a former stormtrooper. True. But Terraman seemed one of the most dedicated out of the team. Like he accepted like Cassian's presence with a little bit of resistance, but mostly just went, Oh, he's an asset. We need this. And was just very kind of militaristic about it, obviously, because he's an ex-stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Skeen was just very selfish, very, very selfish, and yeah. would do anything to get what he wanted out of the scenario. Although when it all goes quiet and they've got all of the payroll brackets open and he shouts, let's go. Oh, yeah, that was cool. I was moving. I was helping. <laughs> you got off of your couch. You're like, what do I start? What? Where? <laughs> Yeah, I actually huh. did appreciate that. Like he he delivered that really well. Like it, I could see that pumping some people up. Mhm. I was I was very pumped. Um, I'm a huge Nemec fan. Uh, devastated to see him die in this episode. Obviously, like we knew it was going to happen. Um, right. But I think there's like I've seen quite a lot of interesting theories floating around, and I wanted to throw them past you. I think the biggest one is something I've discussed with my partner. Um, Nemec is basically like George idealistic, passionate, full of all of the explanations of how things work and why they work this way, and will tell that information to anybody who will give him an ear to le- like an ear to lend. Hmm. Um, and I think it's, yeah, this he has this need to communicate these ideas in his head. That's why he keeps diaries. Like, you know, like the, like the legacy of George Lucas and all of his Star Wars notes. It was never just one script. It was oh, yeah. pages and post-its and scraps and backs of envelopes. I think Nemec's like a really kind of beautiful, if you wish to interpret it that way, I think it seems like a really lovely homage to George as a creator and his passion for Star Wars. I could totally see that. And he carries around the little Polaroid, so. He does carry around. That's very George. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. And him sat there with like Cassian in the morning fob questioning, like, why isn't my faith enough? Like, Mm. not a particularly religious person, but I recognize that's a struggle that a lot of religious people go through and, it's just some really beautiful dialogue in this episode. Oh my goodness. That's definitely the dialogue in every episode. It's uh I don't know I don't know if this is a compliment. To me it's a compliment. Um it's very like games of Game of Thrones level, the storytelling yes. in the dialogue and how it's delivered. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of what this show is. It's almost like a Game of Thrones yes. in Star Wars, just the the characters and how they interact and everything. So, I mean, definitely I tip my hat to, to the writers um, and I mean, and the actors for delivering the line so well, just to skip to the other episode again <laughs> and I'll get to it. Cause I have some notes on it, but the Mon Mothma 
conversation with uh, Tay. Is it Tay Coma? Like the yeah, right. But like they're talking, and then she's like, "Smile," and he smiles, and and then they go back to their conversation, and the way that she commands that conversation mm-hmm. is just. I'm in love with Mon Mothma. She's a hottie. She is. <laughs> Damn straight. She deserves better than that terrible, terrible husband who I don't trust. Right. Um, I think a huge part of the line delivery is obviously a lot of Andor was shot in the UK, which means a lot of these kind of background characters and side characters with these brilliant one-liners um, from the UK, like theatre scene, and from our kind of long history of creating like well-rounded theatre performers, stage, like... Um, there, Kyle Soller, who plays Cyril, he's an Olivier Award-winning actor who's oh, really? done like numerous Shakespeare plays, a variety of like your classic BBC, like Holy City, all of that, all of those Silent Witness, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and the actress who plays his mother, Catherine Hunter, uh, Edie Kahn, his mum, mm-hmm. she's a Rada associate from the the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts, which is like wow. Um, she's uh. And she's known most in the UK for her really physical performances. She's particularly, she did played Richard III in the Shakespeare play and did this. I watched some clips of it. She's fascinating. And uh, both Catherine Hunter and Kyle Soller have worked together before on various stage shows. I think they did a Shakespeare play together. Um, so they know each other, which I guess adds to that kind of mother-son chemistry. Yeah, they really do have, enjoying. They have a lot of chemistry. It's funny because that's like the lowest part of this whole series for me is the Andor, uh, not Andor, uh, Cyril and his mom. Like, no offense, but like when episode seven started with those two, I just kind of rolled my eyes. I'm like, oh God, not again, more cereal. But but they do have really good chemistry. They feel like a mother and son. And I mean, you saying that they've worked together before, mm-hmm. obviously someone did their homework to be like, okay, these two have worked together we need them oh, absolutely. together in this. And it's, you know, as it being a part that I'm not a big fan of in the show, it's still really done well. Like, I'm not... Like, very, very well. That's the thing, is things I don't like about the show, I'm not, pardon my language, taking a shit on. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's just stuff that doesn't really no. do it for me, but there's so many other things that do do it for me. <laughs> that, you know... Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and be like, you need to like all of it or we're not speaking anymore. It's not, it's not one of those. I fully get that. Not everybody's going to like everything. Mm-hmm. There's look, there's a bunch more. I, I wrote down for some reason, loads of notes about who different people have played. Bix. Beautiful. She plays mm-hmm. Amarath in the Good Omens TV series. I don't know if you've seen that. No. And somebody gave me the first season of that and I still have not watched it. Like I have oh, it on my hard drive and I still it's have not really watched it. really good. Okay. Really, really good. That's what I hear. Denise Goff, who plays Daedra, um, the Imperial Lady, the blonde lady. Yeah, um, the mean, a, snarly lady. Yeah, she's a double Olivier Award winner. Really? Known for theatre, Shakespeare. Some awesome. absolute kind of stellar examples of what Britain has in terms of acting talent, and it makes me very, very happy. Very, very happy. Are most of the actors from over that way? Like, it seems mm-hmm. like it, at least. Mm-hmm. I think George liked the idea that the Empire was British, even though the Empire technically represents the American government in the sense of the original Star Wars films. But that's 
Because right. <laughs> obviously, especially in the 70s and 80s with up and coming Hollywood, Brits were often portrayed as the evil characters, the bad characters. And he really played with that. So you ended up with every single Imperial officer left and right was sounding like he'd been to Eton school and I mean, privately educated. And, yeah. and I appreciate that that's been continued. Uh, John Boyega, um, Finn, wasn't allowed to keep his London accent. It was 100% like, no, you need to be American for this. Whereas Daisy Ridley was allowed to keep her very kind of metered Queen's English. Mm-hmm. I was so surprised to to find out that uh, John Boyega, because I never heard of him before those oh, movies, yes, and then I heard him talking in an interview, a, and I'm like, is it a good the? is it a good American accent then? Does it? I is thought it, so. Yeah. <laughs> like you see it kind of like, and I noticed this in uh, Sons of Anarchy with um, Charlie. God, I forget how to pronounce his last name. Charlie Hunnam. Hunnam. Yes. Like. During that, that was one of my favorite shows. But during like those seasons, you could tell like his his American accent started to fade a little bit, and you yeah. could see that with um with Finn in the Rise of Skywalker, it was kind of still the American accent, but it was kind of drifting away at the same time. But but yeah, and in the Force Awakens, I was just like, wait, what? He has an accent? You know, <laughs> like when you'd see an interview with him or whatever, I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, he's from like Brixton, like London. <laughs> wow. More acting credits. Um, B2 Emo is voiced by a BB-8 puppeteer. Oh, I think I read that somewhere. Which is so cute. Um, Dave Chapman, who, if any British people are listening, and any British people specifically from my generation, like watching kids TV in the UK in the 2000s, Dick and Dom. He's really good friends with Dick and Dom. Nice. <laughs> and I recognise him from TV shows I used to watch as a kid, so that was really fun. So you're recognizing all kinds of people. Yes. That's cool. That's got to be fun for you. And, um, oh, uh, Cassian's dad was in EastEnders for like four years. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they are really, they're really going through and being like, if you're British and you like Star Wars, come. <laughs> <laughs> We've got excellent characters for you. We actually have uh, just some quick stats on our, our listening areas 15% United Kingdom way it's probably like people that know you right yeah I was gonna say it's probably me Nick um and like one or two of my friends <laughs> right so, oh we have 7% in Germany which is pretty bizarre oh wow what's um, up Germany guten tag Germany there you go so what what was like the the biggest thing that stood out for you in the sixth episode the I yeah like i'm I'm not saying this to brag in this like genuinely not saying this to brag have quite a sizable television and even still that whole scene felt like i wanted to see more i wanted to I wanted to see it on like imax mm. they put so it was i haven't seen anything that beautiful since like avatar came out oh right <laughs> like that kind of visually sort of captivating and i love that Cassian doesn't even have a moment to be like, wow, this is cool. Oh, yeah, he's all just, panic he mode. Go. He's being <laughs> screamed at by Nemec about climb, climb, dive, climb. Right. Yeah, that was um, that was definitely one of the biggest things for me in the episode was just how how it looked. What was the actual eye? Was there an eye? Like, an, you know, when I think of eye, I think of like eye of a storm. Was there like an opening in it? I didn't really I notice. I think all of the parts like converge together at the horizon and that's what makes the eye and then the eye closes like the eye is open while okay. the display is happening and then it closes again i'm assuming 
Okay. Could you imagine looking outside and seeing something like that? Um, I'd question if I'd been like drugged, maybe. Um, <laughs> that would probably be my first concern. And also asking someone else, like, are you are you seeing that, or am <laughs> <Right>. I? <laughs> I mean, I've seen the Northern Lights and stuff like that, and it's it's freaking beautiful. But like, I'm so jealous. That's on my bucket list. We actually got to see it um, over here in Ohio, like probably 15 years or so ago. It wasn't obviously what you would see further up north, no. but it was so freaking cool. Like you just look up in the sky and you see these different colors. It's something I'll never forget. Of course, I don't think I took any pictures of it because <laughs> I don't think I was as glued to my phone as I am nowadays. So no, I, I think I was more like probably smoking a cigarette while it was happening. So I don't smoke anymore, but I used to. Occasionally, we there've been incidences of them appearing in like Scotland, like right up in the Highlands, but never like this far down the country. It's it's uh, I mean, the, I mean, obviously you've seen pictures of the Northern Lights. They're just mm -hmm. it's really beautiful. But like this was just so like this was like Northern Lights and an insane meteor shower all at once. Yeah, when the camera cut to the faces of the um, Delaney people. And that one lady was just crying silently. That would be me. Like I've, I've, I've never seen a whole like soda eclipse. I've only ever seen a partial one, and that made me cry. Mm. Um, <laughs> that was that was enough. <laughs> what did you think of the Aldani people? Like I, for me, I'm like, okay, they're they're chanting or singing or whatever. Are they going to do something? But they didn't. If it almost felt like I don't know if you've seen the um, the Snyder version of the justice league but like there was like a singing part for aquaman in that and it was just god awful um, um i can imagine what that's like yeah, uh, i don't count myself as dc fan but gotcha this wasn't as bad as that but it was still like i was like at first i'm like oh, okay i'm like grooving to their little song they're singing and they're all like excited and and then like it didn't do anything it reminded me of uh the scene at the end of book of boba fett where he does the the hacker with the Tuscan Raiders. Yes, that had that felt like it had more weight and more power to it than. Obviously, I think they're trying to expand this idea of like obviously these planets before the Empire appeared and went right. This is ours now. Um, these like native communities and kind of nomad communities would be a lot more widespread. So I guess it's you know whoever's left and they've done all this weird making all of these like lodges and hotels along the route so less and less people join. Mm. The people migrating to see the eye. I don't know. I enjoyed it, but also because it was cutting back and forth between, I like this idea that it was cutting between them and then the heist. So it was just as you got into the eye and you were like, we're going to see it. No, you're not heist. Right. <laughs> now you need to remember that something bad's happening in the, in like the basement. And the idea that none of the guards are aware, apart from Mr. Mustachio man, none of them are aware. <laughs> They're all just fixated on this as you blooming well would be oh yeah absolutely i wouldn't be paying attention to people breaking into a base if that was going on <laughs> no uh we finally had one of the age-old questions of star wars answered how do they get into the tie fighters if the lid is on the top oh right we now have actual footage of how that ha it looks fantastic yeah that was some of my favorite stuff in the episode i cannot remember what those troopers are called please forgive me it was nice to see them the TIE fighter pilots? Are they, are they, is it literally just, are they just TIE fighter pilots? That's what it says on the action figure package, so. Nice. <laughs> That's what we'll go with. Right. 
No, they looked <laughs> very, very cool. I liked how the that Imperial guy figured everything out and he heard like the, the rebel com chatter and everything. I'm mm-hmm. like that made me happy. I'm like, okay, so it's it's definitely not going to go super smooth. I knew it wasn't gonna go smooth, yeah. but but I like how it, this guy's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And he totally interrupts the whole thing and then the fight breaks out. Um the shot of the captured like wife and son and colonel like all bound and gagged just watching the ship leave that was very very biblical very oh, yeah. very moving i was starting to think was Sinta gonna kill them and mm. i don't know i mean it seems some of the things that uh luthan says in the seventh episode it, it kind of makes me think it's not out of question that something like that could happen where they're no. just like well you know they are imperials they're related to an evil imperial that's them. I think some of them are a lot more ruthless than we've originally been led to believe. And I like that. And I like that it's the women that are evil. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, as somebody who's broken their back uh, in an accident, uh, Nemec's death was quite tra- traumatic. Mm. Bless him. Um, <laughs> really horrible way to go. Cassian said, hold on. Nobody held on. Yeah. No one. They went. Flying backwards. I don't think they had a whole lot of time to hold on to anything either. No, that's true. <laughs> that was when everything was hitting the um, fan. But And Vel making the decision that if they don't get Nemec awake and functioning, so whatever's in a med spike, mm. it's like goodness a, me, I'm guessing like heavy painkillers and some stimulant probably. Um, yeah, like an adrenaline shot. Yeah. Yeah. And that has now spawned quite a lovely theory, which I, I wonder if will be true or not. So in Rogue One, K2SO says climb an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cassian is given Nemec's diary at the end of episode six, episode six, start of episode seven. Um, and people are theorizing that when he eventually gets his hand on a like K2SO unit, he's going to repro, he's going to program it using Nemec's notebook. Oh, that's interesting. Like K2SO speaks the way he does and has those particular mannerisms. And obviously, like, Nemec's last words were climb, climb, Hmm. screamed at Cassian, basically. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's really interesting because, like, a lot, I heard that a lot of people were saying that, and I think maybe you even mentioned it, that people were saying uh, that K2 was going to be, like, uh, B2 emo. Hmm. But yeah, this, that's what this, I assumed. This Nemec theory kind of uh, it makes more sense. It's very sweet. Breaks yeah. my heart a little bit. I especially I as Nemec. Yeah, especially as Nemec seemed to be the only one that Cassian really like got on with and like trusted mm-hmm. as best as one can in those situations, I suppose. Yeah, he and seemed yeah. like he connected with them in some way, so. Also, um, grumpy man looking for lost sibling will automatically attach to younger person as sibling figure. That's what <laughs> Cassian has been doing, I feel. Okay. <laughs> One of those, oh, you remind me of my sister. This this fills the gap for a while. I feel healed. <sighs> and yeah, the doctor who operated on Nemec kind of reminded me of Maz. I don't know if you got that as well. Obviously, Maz doesn't have four arms. But... Yeah, it was almost like if Maz and... Uh... Uh, what is his name from Solo? Rio? Yes. Like maybe they oh, kid. Rio. <laughs> oh, my fave. I loved Rio. He was great. At least there was an alien. I mean, I think we could call That's him an true. alien, right? Yeah. Still kind of. 
itching for some more. We see a few more in episode seven, so that's good. Oh, we do. Yeah. Episode seven was wild. Uh, spoiler alert for episode seven. I think it was my favorite episode so far. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I really... Like, because I was saying, you know, I was showing the levels where you were and where I am mm-hmm. with the show, and I was kind of feeling after episode six, it was cool, but it's still, nothing's really just grabbed me mm-hmm. other than, like, the first, I think the first three episodes I really liked. So it was, like, four, five, and six kind of, for me at least, kind of sunk down, and mm-hmm. I, after that episode, I'm like, ah, I don't know. And usually, like, I get home from work, and I'll watch the new episode Wednesday morning. Well, I got home really late, and I was tired, and I'm like, you know... I don't need to watch it. And then when I messaged you, what's today? Thursday. So when I messaged you yesterday about recording today, I hadn't even watched it yet. And that was like, what, like two or three in the afternoon over here. (laughs) So it was like kind of weird for me. And then I watched it and I'm like, oh, this was really good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we'll get into that once once we get to episode seven here. But that was just a, a quick spoiler for me. I think we're done with episode six anyway. Ali, I reached I reached the end of my excessive notes. Did you really? That fast? Yes. Damn. Um, let me see what I work I fast. I work fast. <laughs> you know what? That's all I got. I only had, and uh-huh. I wrote these notes for episode six last week. I did cross out a few things before we started recording just because I was like, well, after watching episode seven, I don't really feel that way anymore about certain parts. <laughs> and then some parts were like, handled like the i'm assuming the trawler is the ship right that they loaded the money into yes so one of my questions was going to be last week had we recorded shouldn't that thing have like a tracking device on it that the empire could track down and yeah no it was disabled almost immediately okay i'm assuming it was something that was already like pre-thought of in the plan Oh, that's true. That's yeah. I guess I wasn't even thinking of that. And then I'm actually, like, how's Val gonna unload all that stuff by herself? But apparently she didn't. So I actually think um in one of the meetings with the Empire in Episode Seven, um, there's a passing comment made about the freighter was stolen, but the tracking device was disabled Ooh. almost instantaneously. Okay, I'll have to go back and watch that. I only watched it once, so. That's there are fair. things I probably missed. We kick off episode seven with Cyril and his mum again. I know. <laughs> hey, I don't, I do not mind it. Um, if people were not aware, um, the cereal that he eats, the blue and uh, chocolate coloured one, is an American cereal. I believe it's like Trix, like Trail. I don't know. I think it's called Trix cereal. Trix is like yellow, green, red and blue, I think. I'm pretty sure I I have a reference. Keep keep them talking, Johnny. I have I have an actual <laughs> reference to this. Well, when we find out what that cereal is, I'm going to go buy some, even though I don't eat cereal anymore. It looks delicious with some blue milk. I mean, I'm sold on that part at least. I'll I'll eat the cereal. I kind of want those blue noodles from the other episode too. Here it is. It's the Trix Troll cereal specifically. Oh. And it's the wild berry flavor out of the pack. So they've they've ind- they've opened packs of these cereals and individually selected that specific flavor to no make kidding. one bowl of Cyril's breakfast with his blue milk. <laughs> yeah, ah, if tricks. people weren't aware, there's a really good Facebook page called The Parts of Star Wars, which mm. breaks down the actual real life objects that we use to make various parts of the and they're up to date so it it was like they did everything for kenobi and they're doing it for andor as it's running so it's been really fun to go back and be like hey i know what that is <laughs> that's awesome 
Episode seven is called Announcement. And if mm. I wrote this down today after watching the episode yesterday, so my memory might not be all on point, but was the announcement, I think, uh, God, Deidre, she refer i think she's the one that referred to it as being an announcement and she was talking about the heist right okay so the heist is like an announcement to the galaxy that the empire is vulnerable is that yes what, is that what we're getting yes. okay cool. absolutely and not only the actual announcement across all galaxy-wide channels, which is what episode seven starts with in this beautiful four by three 80s looking <laughs> retro teddy set Stunning. I think they stole that out of my bedroom from when I was a kid. <laughs> Such attention to detail. I can feel the static on my face when he faces too close to it. Right. Um, and yeah, it obviously the actual announcement, and then the yeah, Daedra being like, it's not, it's not an attack. It's an announcement. Yeah. It's a, we're here. Look at us. Look what we can do right under your noses. And as Nemec says, a surprise is more deadly from below than one above. Yeah, I love yeah. That surprise line. is no. A surprise is more. No more. I can't remember something about a surprise being shocking when it comes from below. Yeah, I think you had it mostly right the first time you said it. <laughs> the one thing I think I've been saying since the start of, of Andor is it feels very Jason Bourne movie. Mm. That's. Part of why I think this, the the three Jason Bourne films, the first three are like all time, like in my all time five, top five. Um, so it might be why I love this episode so much because everything from start to finish felt like a Jason Bourne film minus action. Like mm. I, I I wrote in my notes, I'm like, if it just had one or two scenes of like a fist fight or something sprinkled in somewhere. Like uh, my first thought was when the, the shore trooper stops Andor and it's like, are you a part of it? Blah, blah, blah. You know, just like if Andor had beat the hell out of that stormtrooper, that would have just taken me to a whole other level. But that said, this whole episode was awesome for me. And even mm -hmm. like the, the tropical thing at the end, I'm like, Miami, like Venice Beach in Star Wars. Like it was a mix of Venice Beach and Barcelona. That's what it felt like to me, like the beaches in Barcelona. Yep, totally. It, it was, at first I'm like, this is weird, but I'm like, this is really effing cool that they, they're they taking you somewhere else. It's kind of Scarifish too, I guess, mm -hmm. from Rogue One. But it's, it's not some dead planet, some sandy planet, no. some cold planet. It's like, oh, um, it's that a result. Was a like a real rush of here are some aliens in case you were forgetting this is happening in space um a real variety of creatures and some recognizable some completely new or what feels like completely new i love the shore troopers the fact that i think it's really cute that their uniform is like ocean colors but really muted because they're serious oh yeah serious so it's <laughs> muted like sand colors and muted blue ocean colors but it's definitely <laughs> <laughs> they are they are a very cool looking stormtrooper. I kind of wish I had more of the action figures, but I only have I think like one or two of those. Time to fall in love with the faceless soldier man again. <laughs> <laughs> Every you, time. You mentioned the alien part. Did you notice like the weird hot dog looking one? Yes. Like what the hell is that? It was hilarious. <laughs> and he kind of had a salacious crumb laugh. Also, um, I would like to personally thank um, whoever decided to show us Diego Luna in the shower. Um, oh. I, thank you. Um, I was not expecting the camera to pan around and just to see him shirtless. <laughs> 
I imagine that was fun for you. Oh, it really was. Um, wonderful. He's, oh, he's he, really put a lot of effort into this role. <laughs> and he had another female. He did. Like you were saying. Player. A, right? He's a womanizer. <laughs> I'm glad, though, that they're they're sticking to that. It's keeping him, you know, as the same character, like with some minor growths. It's a nice parallel to the fact that even after all of this that he's done, you see it, especially in this episode, even after doing what he did, he still doesn't consider himself part of the rebellion. He is non-committal to women and he is non-committal to the rebellion. Right. That's and I'm... And obviously, like, the whole thing with Bix, where he sneaks back in to speak to her. Silly boy. <laughs> Why would you do that? Why? <laughs> now, I don't know if you're familiar with that knocking the... Yeah, that's something we have here. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Did they really just do that? <laughs> I was going to say, as a fellow musician, does it not grind your gears, the fact that it wasn't finished? Right. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I finished it because I I'm there, like... like <laughs> please somebody just do the that's it right. that's all I was, I was expecting Bix to like respond with it maybe mm -hmm. that's what they did back in the past or something but yeah she also has no time for his his nonsense she's fully like it's your fault everyone blames you no one blames Tim it's all on you you've done this you have to leave get out she's a little protective of uh, Tim I think there I think she feels guilty Probably. And she, and she did, if I recall, watch him get killed, right? She did, yes. Yeah. I wasn't able to do anything. So. Right. So. And it really, ultimately, he died because she was running around after Cassian when maybe she really shouldn't have been. And even if Tim was interpreting it as maybe they're doing, like, they're together. No, but <clears throat> Tim got involved because of you, Bix, so. Yeah. Tim's about as great as Skeen, though, so. Mm-hmm. Screw him. Same level. Screw him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's <laughs> the most hated characters of Rogue One, according to Planet Army Radio, are Tim, Skeen, and Mon Mothma's horrible husband. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of her daughter. I don't I don't know how I feel about her daughter either. She's a bit whiny. I'm sorry, yeah. but to be that rich, that high up, and to have like a mum that cool. I mean, I guess I don't know. A lot of kids that age are probably similar. Um, True. Right, we're cranking through some of my notes for this episode already. <laughs> like, because I mean, I've sprinkled it in here and there. So there were more Easter eggs in the back of Luthen's shop. There was a High Republic Jedi Temple Guard mask, and I absolutely lost my little mind because even if it's if it's real, that makes it a real antique. If it's fake, I think that's really funny. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't catch that. Wait, wait. Let me see if I can find the timestamp. He's, he's putting the gloves on. Yeah, um, Sterling Skarsgård, Skarsgård showing us again his sensational acting. This entire conversation oh with Han Mothma while the driver's outside. And every time he's facing the doors, it's this ah -ha -ha, ah -ha -ha, smiling, laughing. One they're of my favourite parts. They're both so well trained over mm. it. They've obviously spent a long time having discussions. It's like when you're in public and you talk to someone through your teeth. You're like, don't look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Yeah, that was that conversation um, is just another uh, showing of how great these actors are because they were having like almost two they were having two separate conversations yes. but it all looked the same to the guy outside. Mm -hmm. And then Cleo was listening in from the back room, which I, I wonder what that's all about. Is she just listening because she's listening I or is she eavesdropping? I think she's quite protective over Luthen. 
Okay. That's a good take. Not even like, not in like a romantic sense or anything like that. Just in like a, a general sort of, we work together. He's kept me safe. I'll keep him safe. He, maybe she worries that Mon Mothma's cutting it a little close. Where mm. is this good shot of this helmet? Space wig returned. Very happy. There, right, there <laughs> it is. <clears throat> While you're finding that, yes. uh, Mon Mothma didn't know that Luthen was orchestrating the heist. I thought that was really interesting. Yes. I figured that they were like comparing notes all the time as far as, okay, you're doing this, I'm doing that. But it seems like Luthen, do you think he recruited Mon Mothma? Yeah, I'm interested. Like, I'm interested in the chicken and the egg thing. Like, who came first out of this mm -hmm. unique pairing? Um, the timestamp is nine oh nine, by the way, and it's on the far right hand of the screen. Okay, let me see if I can find this real quick. Oops. Oh, off to the right bottom. Yeah, bottom yeah. Right. It's a Jedi wow. Temple helmet, and that's really cool. Gorge. I think that's the first time I wasn't really like kind of peeking around when they were in that shop to see if they were going to show anything new. I just figured, oh, well, they probably showed us like everything. Oh, no, 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 no. There you go. <laughs> no. <laughs> he says something and I didn't write it down um, to Clea when Mon Mothma gets back in her ride. Mm -hmm. Clea, God, I'm not going to remember what she says, but uh, or no, Luthen, I think, says it to Mon oh. Mothma. Yeah, Clea says, I hope she's worth it. Yeah, and he's like, we'll find out or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and he says, we'll see, won't we? So that kind of leads me to believe forever. that we can't hide forever. Meaning, yeah. does he want her to be like the face of the rebellion? Because she kind of becomes that, right? Mm -hmm, she does. And I think she's trying to, because obviously safety, I'm guessing, is the most priority. Uh, keeping hidden and keeping anonymous is her priority. Mm -hmm. Whereas he's like, no, you could you could exact like real change. I hope Ugh. we get to see how that all plays out. I know we get a exactly. glimpse of some of it in, in Rebels, spoiler alert again, but uh, mm. I hope we see some of it in this live action. What are your thoughts on Clea since she's kind of there and I'm on that page in my notes. Uh, <laughs> she's she's there. Um, no, <laughs> I like Claire. Um, I enjoyed her little power walk with her little outfit choice. Yes, really liked that. Loved the coat. We love we love her coat in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. um, and following the markings on the floor, like the hobo markings for yeah. communicating that. I think I think that's really like loveliest. And the Jedi path that we learned about in Obi Wan, and that's a nice little connection. Right. Um, I'm interested that she's the one doing um, Luthen's dirty work. Not his dirty work per se, but she's debriefing. She's the one being like, right, what's left to sort out? Have you done this? Is this sorted? Mm -hmm. Like Vel stands there and is like, I really thought he'd be here. I, I really thought he'd be here. Like she's disappointed. Luthen has this like mirror, like image to keep up, doesn't he? So I understand it. It's, it's very kind of convoluted and back and forth. And even Clea she totally changes her look to go walk around town. Yeah. It, the You mentioned the, the coat. It was kind of like Night Sister-ish, wasn't it? Oh, why did I not even clock that? Of course, I, I was looking at it thinking this seems familiar. Of course, it's just like the Night Sisters. I'm guessing, you know, since the shop that they work in, she probably just grabbed that off a rack. Like, here's a, you know, <gasps> ancient Night Sister <laughs> cloak. <laughs> But I don't know if it definitely was, but I mean, it was like the red color and the hood and everything. So, so some fun Star Wars trivia for you. 
a few years ago, uh, a robe, a set of Jedi robes and a cloak were found in a charity shop, like a costuming shop for hire in like the middle of Middle England. Um, turns out those were the robes and cloak of Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan Kenobi and were actual legit worn on set from the original A New Hope. We're just okay. hanging out in a costume shop, which means a large portion of people wore Alec Guinness's actual robes to Halloween parties. And I think that's really beautiful. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> because it was in there for years, hired out by loads of people, and they just didn't quite realize what they had until someone stumbled across it and went, um, this is <laughs> <laughs> not yours. <laughs> <laughs> that's super cool. I believe it was returned to Rancho Obi-Wan, as most kind of, you know, things like that are. Aww. Damn. So some lucky people out there got to wear it. Yep. Oh, I wish I could. Did you find it interesting that Clea tells Vel to assassinate Cassian? Yes. I don't think that's what Luthen wants. I think that's Clea making a few, you know, overhead decisions. Mm. It was quite interesting. Like, uh, that, obviously, we know he's not going to get assassinated, but no. uh, Vel was taken aback by it. I just, I wonder. I don't know. I'm always looking for like, who's the bad guy? Who's the spy? <laughs> you know, maybe Clea's working both sides. Maybe she's working for ISB undercover. I, I love this idea. This idea that you actually can't trust anybody. Yeah. That's, like as much as you want to get invested and attached to these characters, someone somewhere is going to betray you somewhere. Mm. Um, we get a little glimpse at Cyril in his new job that his uncle has given him, um, oh, yeah. which looks so, so dystopian, yet so not too far from what we know in the present day, like office jobs and all this sort of thing and the nine to five and, like no windows to look out. Yeah, no windows, air conditioning on forever. Um, yeah. And also doing work that seems to be, whilst important, relatively inconsequential. Um, loved the fashion choices. The fact that they have ties in Star Wars that look like that, like don't look like a tie, but you, it, it's recognisable, but it's different enough to not pull you out of it. The level of detail in this set dressing and this costume design is unparalleled. Yeah. Unparalleled. It's beautiful. They, they, like I said, they really seem to like go all out with, um, mm -hmm. with this show. Uh, <laughs> I, as, as far as Cyril goes, um, this could just be me. Do you feel like he? Uh, I'm trying to think of how to word it because I didn't write it down. Like, do you think they need to kind of nudge his story forward a little quicker at this point? Like. It, to mm. me, it's starting to feel like, okay, I mean, it's showing he's miserable. He lost his job that he was maybe not good at, but loved. Yeah. And now he's stuck living with his mom and he's doing this nine to fiver. I mean, it's it's telling a story. I just hope the payoff with him is good. Yeah. I love that he couldn't resist uh, customizing his uniform. Um, I love that he stands in front of that man with a tie and tells him his entire passion, life story and purpose. And this man could not care less. <laughs> right. Cyril will tell anyone who listens about his passions and his plans to overthrow the rebels. And these poor men are just like, please just sit down and do your job. Like, <laughs> I do not have time. <laughs> hey, he's kind of like Nemec. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, just, that's a nice parallel. Ooh. Yeah. 
I just wonder what they're going to do with him. Obviously, he's hellbent on getting maybe his job back or mm-hmm. or at least finishing his little mission that he was on. I find the final scene of this episode quite interesting. It it leaves a lot to interpretation. What did you think about it? The kind of the sort of staged like pan out of being really close in. And then the more we pan out, we realize that Cyril is like looking at us, like looking up at where we would be looking down from and you see all of these cubicles. Is that a, I'm going to start here and get out of here. That's a, I've had enough. I'm rebelling. Is it, Oh God, this is what my life is now. (laughs) I had some interesting questions towards the end of the episode. Like obviously you have the whole thing with Cassian, which we'll get to, but specifically (laughs) these, why did they choose to end the episode on those three shots? I think, I mean, at least I'm hoping, like I said, I'm hoping they're, they're going to deliver with this character. I think that it's probably like, oh God, this sucks. How did I get to this point? It's yeah. almost like similar to Luke when Luke goes and stares out at the, the binary sons, you know, like, is this all I have? Is Am I stuck here? I got to be here another season. And yeah, you know, like when he stood there like this. Right. That part kind of destroys my emotions every time. Same. The music. But yeah, it was almost similar to that. Like, it's just this swirl of, no, I'm meant for more. I know I can do more, but I'm stuck here. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to hopefully say, screw eating the cereal every day with my mom. I'm getting yeah. the hell out of here and I'm going to go and I'm going to do something, whatever mm-hmm. that is. I don't know, but hopefully this will kickstart his character. I'd like to think so. I am excited to see more. I do have a bit of a soft spot for him. Um, Cassian returning to see Myra and a B2 emo behaving exactly like a cat. <laughs> getting out of his cap head, going off and going, where have you been? Oh my God, where did you right? go? You're back. One pet and then leave. Yeah. Oh my God. I did not pick up on that. And we have a that cat that basically not... does that. Mm-hmm. It's the it, it, it's the indignation in his voice of where have you been? Mm-hmm. You were gone. He's basically going, meow. Although our cat's not a one pet and walk away. She's a rub my belly for eternity kind of a cat. See, I think that's the best kind of cat. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. I'd much prefer a cat that would not leave me alone than a cat that does not even want to look at me. Like, I know there's there's two very different spectrums with cats. Right. You know, it's funny. A lot of people say that about cats. Like, oh, cats don't give, you know, cats don't care about you like a dog. You know, dogs always in your face and loving on you and stuff. And I'm like, well, you know what? Our cat is, I think, part dog because... She she wants her belly rubbed all the time. She always wants attention. She never, if you go up to her to pet her, she's not like, leave me alone. She's like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, let's, let's hang out. So, For me? Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's such a funny comparison, though, because I was totally he like... He's like, so uh, cat. Yeah. And the fact that, like, Mara and Andor are having this, like, intense conversation, and he just drops Tim in it. He says, Tim... <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, she had to tell him to like shut up or something because he kept like trying to say something. And yeah, he said that he he rolled over and went, "Can I say something now?" And Mara went, "No." Yeah. <laughs> right. He asked so nicely as well, so nicely. Mm. I think Marva's gonna die. Yep. I think so. I mean, I think a lot of these characters are, but I think that my thought was like what she was saying to him. And then she mentioned his sister, like, don't bother looking for, which I think that's either a lie or she doesn't know. I don't think, I think there's gotta be more to the sister. They wouldn't have started the series with that in mind. If it wasn't going to be something he needs to look for. 
but I think she might end up getting killed because she at the end of her little shot, she's got her cane and a blaster rifle in her hand. So she might be would would leads uh, Cassian to become part of the rebellion. Mm, I was just I was just trying to find the line uh, that absolutely broke my heart um, mm. in this episode. Where is it? Where is it? Yeah, it was Cassian saying, like, I can't, I can't leave you. I'll be worried about you all the time. And she replies with, um, that's just love. Yeah. And I, it's on the same level as, I don't know if you watched WandaVision, but there's a line in it where Vision sits next to Wanda and says, what is grief if not love persevering? Same, mm. same energy, same, like, death is like, ow. <laughs> yeah, I actually haven't watched, I haven't watched any of the Marvel shows, actually. Not that I'm promoting the 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 simple um, competition company on the show. Sorry, sorry, sacrilege. <laughs> no, it was a beautifully heart wrenching discussion between the two of them, and I'm angry at Cassian for being so selfish. Oh yeah, and she just casually tells him, "I've never loved anything like I've loved you." Right. Yeah, that was the line I was trying to remember. Oh. And I've never fretted on anything more, but this time I have to stay. Like I fully respect this like strong. You know, it's women like her, people like her are why the rebellion moved the way it did, because it was the people who've been under the Empire's thumb for the longest who went, yes, my life is nearly over, but I don't care anymore. Right. Yes, she was a powerful message. And it's interesting, too, because she was basically inspired by what he did, not knowing that he did it. Mm -hmm. And obviously he can't tell her that he's watching her be this is his fault almost mm-hmm. there's gonna be mm-hmm. some kind of why else it's would they show her like with a, a blaster i worry it's gonna be like an anakin scenario where she gets like captured and tortured and he finds her like on the brink of death and it's oh, god. That. i hope not um, <laughs> knowing star wars and their tendency to like to traumatize their main characters considering he's already seen his like his father being hung in like shot dead for trying to yeah. come around by a trooper, by a clone trooper, an I know, IRL, <laughs> hard copy clone trooper. I lost my little mind. I'm so glad we get them in real life now and they're not just CG. And um, uh, Yeah, they definitely pop a lot more, the, the, mm. the real ones. Obviously, for many reasons, they had to do CG in, in the prequels because yes. that would be a lot of money to pay all those actors. But uh, Damn it. I can't use that as my fact anymore. Like, what's the what? Like, what's the only trooper uniform that we've never had in real life? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, we got stormtroopers, shore troopers, clone troopers. troopers we got a mouse droid. Like, yes, you got it. <laughs> it's all. It always makes me smile to hear the mouse droid noise. The. <laughs> Cyril has reached such a low point on the pedestal, he is stepping out of the way of the mouse droid. Oh a God, mouse droid, which is notoriously that. kicked, trodden on, and scared out of the way by everybody, including Darth Vader. This is the first mm. time we've seen somebody step out of the way of, like, the lowest of the low in the Imperial ships. Damn, that's, that's a really... so funny to me. But that's a really good catch. That's mm. that's definitely not something they did on accident. That's to no. show, like you said, that he's hit this low point. Mm-hmm. He is at rock bottom at the moment. What else did we get? Oh, we got to see um, like some protocol-looking droids, like serving beverages yeah. in that meeting. So this was like, <clears throat> excuse me, like more Star Warsy than it's been for a few episodes. Mm-hmm. We got some aliens and stormtroopers and all this like stuff that we're familiar with. So yeah. 
The whole meeting with Daedra and her superiors was fantastic. Absolutely love seeing a woman come up on top. That was beautifully done. The fact that I was there like, no, he's going to give it to Doc Brown. It's going to be right. all over. And then he was like, wonderful work. Excellent. You can have the sector. Right. Yes. That as, as many. Supporting the Empire. <laughs> no, but as many things that have been predictable, that definitely totally i was like wait what and then she had that nice smile like ha i i don't really care for the character just because she's an imperial and you know Boo. i like to yeah like you just said you don't want to root for the empire but no. but, but i, I thought that, <laughs> that was a really good win for her and it was impressive that they went that way in the story and it opens the door for like what the best line of that whole section of discussion in that room is when the, the the head guy looks at her and goes, thesis, please. I am using that as a way to ask people to explain themselves oh, forever God. now. A hundred percent. That was so, it was like a formal debate. I don't know if you ever did like debate club at school. I've seen them, but I never actually. But it was very much yeah. structured like a formal debate. There were rebuttals, there were opposing <laughs> arguments. It was. That's hilarious. I'm, I'm going to try to remember to use that on somebody because it's funny. Thesis, please. <laughs> <laughs> I just I appreciated what they did with that. They gave her the was it the sector or was it just Ferrex? Um, no, she's been given the whole sector specifically okay. Ferrex because he's impressed with her forward thinking and her activeness, and obviously it is important to her and a distraction to him. Ooh. Yeah, that was some really good writing there too. I forgot about that. That was. <laughs> I'm sorry, the hot dog alien just popped up on my little video player in the corner of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> the best alien ever. Um, yeah, so I, it, that'll be an interesting. So there's so many. Here's, here's an issue I have with the High Republic books is there's like so many characters uh, to keep track of. Leto and I talked about this on an episode a while back. Like, I like the storytelling in those High, High Republic books, but the. Um, the characters it's almost like you need a chart to keep track of yes this there's a lot of characters but it's condensed it doesn't feel like it's a lot of characters mm. you know i mean i'm not saying anything negative about the high republic there's been some really good books that i've read i've kind of lost track of them now but at the start i was into it but this just it works better plus it's on screen rather than reading so it kind of helps your hearing and seeing which helps the memory keep track of things and I just think it's it's so far it's done well, but I'm I'm curious to see where things go with with Deidre. I think that mm. there's gonna I don't know I didn't watch any of the trailers. Still haven't watched any of the trailers, so I don't know if they showed like any confrontation between her and Cassian. But I feel like at some point those two are gonna go face to face. I'm excited. <laughs> the uh, oh the conversation, God, one of the best lines I've ever heard in Star Wars between Mon Mothma and uh, Tay Colma. She, again, uh, what is it, Genevieve O'Reilly, is that her name? Yes. Yeah, she's a hell of an actor. Uh, but she's like, mm -hmm. I've learned from Palpatine. I show you the stone in my hand, you miss the knife at your throat. And I'm just like, wow. Stunning. <laughs> um, some really beautiful directing choices. When she when she collects her, her school friend, I can't take, take, yeah. take um, and they they walk through 
kind of the archway. It's a bit of an odd one. I saw this brought up in an Easter egg video, but I thought it was a, a really nice touch. Um, the pattern on the panels that they walk past is like a spider's web. Oh, really? Like she's pulling him into her web of lies. Come in with me. Come and sit in the middle where the Empire can't see us. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. There's some very subtle um, show don't tell moments at the moment, especially whenever she's having these kind of double entendre conversations about, Mm -hmm. yes, we're having a normal conversation, but yes, we're also talking about the Empire. And when he talks about, oh, well, leave it because I think my politics are a bit strong for you. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And then she hits him back with that line at the end. (laughs) So do you think he's trustworthy? Do you think she can trust him? Ish. 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 I think... I think I get the energy that it's one of those, he's been in love with her since they were children. Life never allowed them to be together. So he will do anything as an excuse to get even close to her, possibly. Mm-hmm. I'm not to be sleazy about it. Sure. No, no, that was kind of the vibe I was getting. I'm sure but he's very dedicated to the cause, but... They were schoolmates um, and, and she had to marry he, that other guy, so... Also another, like, the guy who plays Tay is another, like, British well-known face. He was in a British sitcom called Coupling, which ran for, like, many seasons in the 2000s. So it was really cool to see so many faces that I (laughs) recognise. Yeah, like, and it's funny because usually that's, like, you know, the other way around over here. It's like, oh, I know this actor, I know this person, I know this one. And (laughs) for me, it's almost like, you know, I, I... notice like one or two but for you you're just like hey i know all these people (laughs) yeah it's gotta be i don't know it's gotta be fun i know it's fun when i see people you know that i recognize a lot and and stuff i'm interested in so so i think i've criticized the music a few times in the Mm -hmm. for the show uh the part when uh clay is walking through coruscant i really liked that music it was like it wasn't. I still don't feel like most of what I've heard is Star Wars style music, but this one kind of like fuses Mass Effect with like <laughs> Jason Bourne music. Yes, and they throw it into Star Wars, and it just it totally worked. It like the way she was, you know, walking through everywhere, and it, it just I don't know, mm-hmm. it really worked for me. So the music, I think, at least it's just my opinion. I think uh, it's improved a lot in in these episodes. It's very bold compared to what we're used to as a traditional Star Wars soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly John. Oh, my goodness. Why have I forgotten his name? Oh, gosh. John Williams. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> um, John Williams' original influences for the Star Wars music came from like Gustav Holt's Planet Suite. So we're talking big, full orchestra, dramatic, theatrical Whereas now Star Wars is, you know, a little more modern and a little more current. And I think the music they use when Cassian's on this new Miami Beach planet really cool. It took me a second to get into it, but I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm on the sofa, I'm vibing. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> it was like the same thing for me. I was like, mm, OK, I'm into it. <laughs> I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. Um, the way the shore trooper talks to him reminds me an awful lot of the way like some police officers speak to people who are just minding their own business. It was all very intense, like a, a like the whole accusation of are you in it? Are you part of it? Are mm-hmm. you running? And poor Cassians, they're like, I just wanted some sweets yeah. from the shop. I right, just wanted I'm just to shopping get and my girlfriend yeah. some some food. I, yeah, I, I totally picked up on that. And I saw something on Twitter that 
leads me to this. I think that that was Sam Witwer because Sam Witwer tweeted, are you part of it? And like, I just kind of looked at what people were saying and they're like, I totally thought that was you. So I think maybe Sam Witwer was voicing that short trooper, but I didn't look to uh, verify. But why else would he tweet that? I mean, he's in like everything Star Wars, so. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I was I was wondering, like, why else would he tweet that? That So (laughs) that is his voice. It sounded Um, familiar to me, too. I'm like, why do but I couldn't I'm not. As much as I've seen him in Star Wars and heard him in Star Wars, watched him in Battlestar Galactica, I still can't like go, oh, that's totally him. There's some mm-hmm. people that have voices where you're like, oh, yeah, like James Earl Jones. You know yes. it's James Earl Jones every time. But uh, When Cassian's literally just trying to explain himself and the Shore Trooper's like, calm down, sir. You need, sir, you need, you need to calm down, please. He's not being confrontational. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and these huge, like I'd forgotten that K2SO droids are originally security droids. Evil, ruthless, cold, no emotions, will kill if told to kill. Frightening. Like, mm. The way it just grabs him and... Hang. <laughs> it's like, no, he didn't mean hang. He meant hang on. Hold on to me. <laughs> hang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, um, I mean, they're very, like, Terminator-style droids, which mm-hmm. I love because that goes back to, um, God, was that the Book of Boba Fett when... Yeah, I think it was the Book of Boba yes. Fett with Mando episodes when uh, the armorer is telling the story of the uh, Night of a Thousand Tears, mm-hmm. and it's showing those uh, the K two droids. Well, they call them a- uh, KX in this, so I don't know if K two is just a name or a mm-hmm. whatever. So we'll just say KX droids, like killing those Mandalorians and all of that. And I'm like, that was like straight out of the future of the Terminator movies, you know? Yeah. And and they stuck with that with with the tone of the voice of the droid and hang and it just picks him up that was cool that was uh i imagine terrifying for for andor oh, but God. it was really cool and yeah star wars court fascinating <laughs> this poor woman who looks like she'd rather be anywhere but right there mm-hmm. kind of felt and like harry potter to me there it did like and also did. the fact that this is so funny to me. Cassian screwed himself. If if the heist hadn't have happened and that money wouldn't have been stolen, he wouldn't have. He would have gotten six months, not six years. Yep. That's so <laughs> well. If it isn't the consequences of my own actions, you reap what you sow. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I thought that was a really good touch, though, because he did. He totally screwed himself. <laughs> Someone pointed out a bit of a continuity error, which I thought was interesting. I wonder if they'll mention it or bring it up. Um, the cards that she was stamping, somebody took the time to translate the arabesh on them. Um, yeah. It doesn't actually match up to what Cassian's charges are or his, even the fake name isn't correct. And the, the number of years put away is like 24 or something, not six. No kidding. So whether, I think one of them that's shown includes like one of the writers of the show. So I think they just sort of, they pop that sort of thing in all the time. But okay. yeah. I wonder if their, you know, their judicial system is so overworked because fascist regimes often try to prosecute everybody, even if it's for the smallest of things, because it means more people under the thumb, more people under control. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's happening here. And I find it really quite frightening. Yeah, one of the charges, walking an unleashed massive. That's the dogs from Book of Boba Fett that the Tuscan Raiders have. So oh right, yeah. Their law states that if you have one of these, you have to have them leashed at all times, or you will be prosecuted. <laughs> oh, animal fouling as well. So that's 
Wow. <laughs> this is brilliant. That's hilarious. Yeah, four months in a what's I think effectively like a labor camp. I'm assuming. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen. Uh, imagine imagine uh, if this is it. This is the last we see of Cassian for the rest of the four seasons. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> He's gone. We don't see any of his time in prison. Then he comes back at the end and is like, oh, I'm going to get the Death Star plans. Nice. <laughs> well, the thing is, is he would totally miss Rogue One if he stays all six years. <laughs> oh, that is an excellent point. So, yeah, OK, he's got to escape somehow. Yeah. This is why people are theorizing he takes, like, Nemec's book, like, takes a K, like a KX droid and reprograms it and that's how he escapes oh. it seems to be the theory okay see my I had a thought that uh, this is when we see Saw Gerrera he's, <gasps> he's maybe I not thought. there to uh, you know he's maybe not there to rescue Cassian but maybe someone else is there that Saw needs and Cassian's just kind of like you know the leftovers of hey you know mm-hmm. come with us I, I feel like we're going to see Saw really soon at least I'm hoping. I like that theory about him using uh, K2, like reprogramming yeah. one of those droids. That's kind of Mando-ish uh, when he gets thrown in that prison in season one. Yes. He, he didn't reprogram anything, but he gets that droid to come over and he takes its fob and gets himself mm-hmm. out. Um, another note on Mando, uh, Cassian's fake name is so similar to Grief Karga. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, Keef. Gergo, I think. <laughs> also, um, Keith, if you live in certain parts of the UK, that's what Keith sounds like because people drop the T and the H. So I just think it's really funny that there's this woman in bed going, Keith! Oh, Keith! Really? <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> sounds like an EastEnders character. Keith! Silly, silly show. No, it's very, very good. I'm really glad you enjoyed this episode. I think this one, I think because it was a bit different, it was quite special for me. Mm-hmm. I feel even more it's like it finished and I was like, no, I want more. That's I want more now. <laughs> that's the first time in, in seven episodes that that's how I felt. I'm like, I... Oh wow. I can't wait to see what happens next week. That's mm-hmm. like, I've got my Mando excitement now. Like yes. where every, where every week of Mando, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't wait till next Friday. You know, <laughs> you've, got, you've got the itch. Yeah. So I'm glad because, like I said at the at the beginning today, that it just it hasn't really. I've been kind of meh, and okay. and nothing really negative. Just it's it's not like it's not tickling that Star Wars itch or scratching that Star Wars itch um, as much as I would like it to. But this mm-hmm. episode really, this episode really was fun. I enjoyed it was the entire episode. I think if I was. If it was one of those days where I was looking for something to watch and I fancied watching a bit of Andor, that's probably the episode that I would stick on. Yeah, same Except here. That. And one more thing, this just popped into my head, the last scene with Cyril, it starts with a view of his screen and what he's typing and then his eyes, reminded me a lot of The Matrix, oh. where they're all huddled around the computer sorting through it and programming and doing this, this, that and the other. Very. So, and um, a lot of uh, like THX... A lot of that kind of one one three eight. Thank you. A lot of that like sterile, clean, hyper pure. Yes. Empty, liminal, liminal space. That's what it is. It's liminal space. Mm. Whoever is piecing this together, whoever is part of production and set design, is obviously a huge George Lucas fan. There's so much of the the beauty of Star Wars shines through in this show. I think it is such a triumph. I really, really do. I hope it wins some awards because it deserves to. 
I think it will. I think it'll it'll mm. definitely win some awards. Um, but I totally agree with you. I feel like looking at, at certain shows and, and films since Disney's taken over, I think Andor, definitely The Mandalorian, and Rogue One and Solo have really done a lot of nods to George. Yes. Nothing against the, the sequel trilogy. I know no. you love it. And I know a lot of people love it, but I feel like they were almost like we could do better than George. Yes, it felt very squeaky clean removed of George, whereas Andor feels like a, a return home, like a return to the roots, so, at least visually. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. But even like some of the characters, it, mm -hmm. it's just I don't know. I guess I'll end it here. <laughs> <laughs> I at one point said with the sequel trilogy that it felt soulless. It felt it, yes. it was missing George Lucas's soul. I remember you saying that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I feel like this, like you were saying, I think this definitely has that. A hundred percent. So, so beautiful. Also, oh. they keep rolling out the handsome, rugged Star Wars men, and I am not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> like Skeen. Yeah, Skeen, a hundred percent. Skeen with his prison tattoos there that were probably go. fake. Yeah, yeah, they he probably feels like, were. He, feel, he feels like that guy at the bar who sits at the end and is always drunk and talks about his military service that he never actually did. That One he of those. On TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I was in Vietnam. Were you now? <laughs> well, I watched a movie about it. Backups. <laughs> That's so true. That's that's definitely Skeen. Oh, I also appreciate that they are increasing the nods to a relationship between Vel and Cinta. Cinta. Cinta, yeah. There was some actual physical contact. If they kiss, I will be extremely surprised. Yeah, I Genuinely. would be too. Yeah, didn't they like hand on hand, hand over hand or something at one yeah, point? Yeah, there was a, a lot of hand over hand and a lot of intense eye gazing. At yeah. Very, very. There was a moment in the cave when after that soldier did a wee, which I think might be one of our first human wees in Star Wars. <laughs> very peculiar. Um, <laughs> love that they chose to include that as part of yeah. it. It's, it's very human. Um, it's very yeah. human. There's this really romantic, passionate, intense moment going on where their lives are at stake. Just having a wee. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see where that goes. I, I, I like the two characters for sure. And, and, oh, I love them. I would yeah. just like to see them actually commit to a gay storyline. That would be nice to see. Like, obviously, there was the kiss at the end of Rise of Skywalker, which was lovely, but it was very much a, this is in the background. If you blink, you'll miss it. Yeah. And every other kind of relationship has been covered in Star Wars, and that includes like interspecies relationships. So, Lando and L3. Yeah, let's talk about how, you know, it's it's the future. S sexuality mm -hmm. is wide and varied, and I would like to see them. It would be some nice representation, I think. It would be some really nice representation. Well I, overdue. I think you might get it with, with if they keep like these to. characters in the series, uh, you know, if they're lasting characters, I think you'll, I would mm -hmm. think you'll get it because they're, they're kind of like, you know toying with everybody with it at, yes. at this point i um, i don't even mind a slow burn i don't even mind if it takes like a couple of seasons to get to that point that's yeah. fine by me yeah <laughs> they definitely have great chemistry though like, oh like it's believable chemistry. it's yeah. very believable very palpable yeah this <clears throat> i know obviously if you guys look at our our podcast but our episodes on google play you will see that since i've joined nearly all of them are explicit 
Um, <laughs> I blame Andor and Star Wars. I don't blame me. Um, <laughs> I just realized that the other day I'm like, oh, wow, I have to keep putting explicit in there. <laughs> I'm really, I feel so bad. You guys had such a squeaky clean, like, you know, appropriate image. And I came along and it's just. Well, I mean, I did throw a few in there. I did throw an F-bomb here and there and Lido would scold me for it but i'm a bad influence <laughs> yeah there you go you're bad influence. <laughs> i take responsibility sorry everyone did we swear a lot today do i have to explicit no one? i don't think so i don't think so either um all right let me no, get I've, it out of the way no i'm just kidding <laughs> i really enjoy the more adult tone of the show it's it's nice because obviously like especially with the sequels. I love them, but there were some opportunities they could have taken to make it a little more gritty and a little more grown up. And obviously because they were trying to recapture like youthful, young Star Wars fans, it needed to still be that sort of hashtag family friendly. Andor isn't really doing any of that. Like I wouldn't sit down with young kids and be like, hey, watch this Star Wars. No. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, my buddy where I work, uh, he said that his, I think his son is nine. I want to say nine and he's like yeah you know he's not really looking to watch it he watched the first episode and just wasn't into it and I'm like yeah, yeah. I told him I was like well I mean this is definitely not geared towards the younger people no um so he's like yeah I'll probably end up having to watch it by myself and I'm like you should because I think he's watched like the first three episodes and then no. he hasn't been able to get back to it anyone who hasn't caught up because they're not quite feeling it or they're not sure where it's going I urge you watch it it's fantastic. I mean, heck, take it from me, who's like kind of wishy-washy, I guess, with, with my feelings <laughs> towards it. I'm still you? going. You know? <laughs> I'm still going with it because I, I mean, like this episode this week, it's one, I'd say it's my favorite one so far. And, and that was after, uh, it was episode five, I think, that really did me in was I was just really bored with that one for the most part. But yeah, stick with it. So we wrap it up. Yeah, I have chewed through all of my notes. I've had a wonderful time discussing these two episodes with you. Thank you so much. Hell yeah. This was a good time. Was a good time. Always a good time. Um, we'll prob I'm assuming we'll have Lido back uh, next time. I hope so. Yeah. All right. Um, we will see everybody next week. We will. May the, may the Schwartz be with you. May the Schwartz be with you. So you have to say it this week because there's only yeah i do if, if you if you're the only one saying it it's a bit yeah. it's a bit it's a bit weak isn't it do it Admiral, yeah.